0: Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, strong and powerful Curtis May. Curtis, are you ready to do this? I
1: am ready to do this, George. Let's I go. I like
0: it. Let's go. Kurt- Curtis is the creator and owner of Practical Wealth Advisors, and he is the host of the Practical Wealth Show podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Curtis, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, let's see.
1: I have um... I'm married, I have three daughters. So, you know, I'm very uh, focused on making sure they they understand uh, uh, about money. I've one is a sophomore in college, a high schooler, a 9-year-old. And so I'm going to be working a long time. Right? So, I've <laughs> married uh, 22 years. We're both self-employed. I, I've uh, my, my wife has is a solo practitioner. She's an attorney. And uh, we've shared an office for the past 22 years, although I'm working from home today cuz my house is closer to the school that I put my nine-year-old in so she could have real school. And uh, I got into what is the, what I call typical financial services. You want to go there for in college. Um, when I realized the NBA was not looking for 5'11 shooting guards. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm a third-generation uh, uh, entrepreneur, business owner. My dad was in the supermarket business. We were in the tavern business. And where most people got that go-to-school, get – your education, get a good job talk. I never got that talk. My dad told me you'll never make any money working for somebody else. Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And uh, so I I wanted to go to college. I wanted to play basketball, but, you know, I want to go to college. But I thought when you majored in business, I thought you majored in business to go into business. It didn't occur to me to spend my life working for somebody else.
0: So I had kind of a weird upbringing that way. I appreciate that very much. So a tavern business – MBA yes. you saw me three daughters. The, uh, nice right.
1: The, the tavern business, if you saw me, I got gray hair now. Grey hair came from the bar because they were in the inner city <laughs> and I knew I was, you know, you just planning on you're gonna get robbed at gunpoint two or three times a year. So oh. that was that was not fun. It wasn't like a party. <laughs>
0: so, no, these are these are all experiences that uh, the that, that make up the tapestry of life, Curtis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or something like that. So Yes. All right. So um when you think about, I, I, I love the name of your firm and, and the name of the podcast, Practical Wealth Advisors. What, how did you settle on that?
1: Uh, I wanted, one of the things is that most of the financial world is built on telling you that you aren't smart enough, you don't know what you're doing, and all the advertisement you see basically says, give your money to us. And I don't believe that. I think two plus two is four, and I really don't think it's that complicated. And uh, you really are your best uh, uh, financial person that, you know, for your finances, if you're willing to do the work. And so practical wealth kind of stems from that. I wanted to be practical. I wanted to be basic. It's different, but it's not something you can't learn how to do. You just ultimately want freedom and you want to be able to take control of your of your
0: thought process and your money. Yeah, well, I certainly, I certainly appreciate that. I think that most people probably do want a little bit of control over it, and um, if they are willing to, to to do the work. So when you say do the work, what 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 are we talking about education? What are we talking about?
1: Yeah, I actually mean education. Uh, one of the things that we teach is your your your. I teach people to invest in themselves. Your your number one asset is you, and so you have. To invest in your mindset, your skill set, and your network, and that is what moves the needle. I I think that because money follows value. So one of the things, if you work on your mindset, you know Jim Rohn would say that most people don't have a money problem; they have a philosophy problem. Mm. And so, how do you think? And so, do you operate in abundance, or what we call prosperity, or scarcity? Where, and if you're mindset is prosperity. You understand there's more than enough for everybody to have more than enough. And that's not like normal thinking because most of what's predicated out there is, is based on scarcity and class warfare and all this nonsense. And what you have to be able to do is you've got to understand that, okay, security is the ability to produce and the world is full of people, ideas, and money. So you just have to, to, to harness that and figure out how to create value. If you want to make more money, you have to create more value first money's the result of creating value in the marketplace so how do you create more value you've got to learn new skills you've got to you know learn and who knows you have these skills you know so you have to to market yourself you have to network and you know who do you know but then who knows you so those are the things that move the needle in your life and you've got to work on that and if you know how to create value you're you know, you're not operating scarcity. You know, you can always make money. And then, what do you do with the money? That's where I come in. But I, but I work on the first part. It's just understanding. You know, there are rules to this game, and you've got to learn them. There are people that have done it. If one person can do it, another can do it. So I, I actually talk about that with our clients a lot, and that's the work. But well, you, well, you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't want that work. I had a some tell me this week. Well, I don't know. Is it, is it math? I don't really. Mm. just want to. Basically, she just wants to work. And and give it to some fund manager she's never met a thousand miles away and hope for the best. I said, okay,
0: that's that's a way. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, and and that's that, that, that's good though because she's just not she's she's not your client, right? She's not you your yeah, my
1: customer. client. I told her, I said, listen, that's all right. You know, if you think that way, your is don't call me because that I'm not your guy,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> okay, we're, we're we're totally fine right now. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. So this the 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 essential mindset of having that abundance over scarcity, that there is way more than enough to go around for everybody. I 1,000% I agree with you. You've got, I think you said a sophomore in, in college and then somebody in high school and then and then a younger daughter. How, how, how are they thinking about that as, as they go out into the world and then come back to you? How are, how are young people sort of interacting True, that, with that?
1: That is a battle.
0: i bet yeah
1: (laughs) that is a battle because they're not getting that in school they're not every time my daughter came back after freshman years like oh i'm ready for dad because dad is the my nickname is the contrarian right so (laughs) i i'm i teach austrian economics and and uh you know i've been studying all that stuff so it's more i'm very free market leave me alone uh type person and uh, she'll come back with all these I don't even want to say to you know, Marxist ideas, let me say this. You learned in college. I am like, sure. listen, you know, that doesn't work. I mean, you, you got to live in the real world. Oh, dad, I'm in climate change. Okay. But if your mindset goes, well, with we, we, somebody has to do something and that somebody is the government, think again. Okay. Mm-hmm. You forgot a free market way to solve this because the government is forced. Right. And so that's the kind of stuff I've got to. I remember when I was a kid. You ever watched uh, Cutlow and Company back in the day? And he used to start a show. Uh, with, I believe free market capitalism is the best path to prosperity. Right. right. So they were like <laughs> six, and we would being in the McDonald's line, and I would, you know, <laughs> for the drive-through, and I'd have them. They were like six, five, and four, and six, and like that. I was like, all right, you have to me. I believe free market capitalism is the best path to prosperity. <laughs> and uh, so we pull up to the windows. People are like,
0: what are you talking about? What's like, going right? on? You know? here.
1: If they, if, if listen, if they're going to be programmed, and Daddy's going to program you.
0: Okay. That's right. <laughs> I think that's awesome.
1: You know, so I made him rich dad, poor dad. And, you know, we used to play cash We still play cash flow. I, and what you got to do is you can't show them. I give them books. And, okay, if you cash at me, you got to tell me what chapter one and you're. I read her, I, mean, I sent her um, cash flow quadrants. And so don't cash at me if you haven't read that one I told you to do. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you just got to give them stuff and they got to kind of discover it, you know. And so you can they know how <laughs> daddy's conservative and daddy's into money. and. And not about money. I'm in the freedom. And so you you see what happens is as parents, you have to be everybody's example. You're the good one or you're bad one. So I'm I'm in business because my dad was in business. And that's what I knew. And uh, uh, so they talk about these jobs. And my wife and I'll say, listen, you see you see in this house with a job. We employ other people. And so you can work to learn, but you're going to do your own thing. So we kind of lay that, you know, we kind of reinforce that. So if that, I hope that helps somebody out there in terms of how you approach this. But it, it goes back to, can you read 12 pages twelve pages a day of good stuff? Can you listen to a Jim Rohn in the morning? And you you got to kind of work on your philosophy. Um, so philosophy, for example, most people think if they, uh, I always tell people, there's four things you can do with a dollar. Spend it, save it, invest it, or give it away. But the order in which you perceive that is your philosophy. So if you think, well, I'm going to pay my bills and if I have any money left over, hmm. that's that's a philosophy of middle class and poor people. And you'll never become financially free that way. Whereas rich people think or people that aspire that way, I'm money's a tool. I'm going to pay myself first. So I'm going to save it because you have to save before you invest because if you don't save, you don't have any money to invest. You know, and and so save, invest are the first two things, and they do everything after that. You know, it's probably save, invest, give, and then live off the rest of it. It's really, if you look at it, that's the order in how they approach the world, and that's the key.
0: Yeah, like that makes a lot of sense right there. And just kind of jumping real quick back to that you and your wife are small business owners, and you're, you are – you are the employers, you are not employees, and you're, you're creating value in the world and focusing on how you create more value and teaching your kids about that. I think that that's, that's awesome. So being able to save money, which is oftentimes probably the hardest thing for, for a lot of us, then gives us the opportunity to invest money and then give money, and then obviously we're going to spend money, but it's, it's really all about the order. So when people do do the work and they have an abundance of, um, mentality, and, and and they appreciate that there's it's that there's plenty to go around. And then they come to you and they say, "Okay, I I, I, I did it. <laughs> I saved. What do I do now?"
1: Well, okay. So people say, so I'll get a little tactical. But so saving, the first step is saving. So there's a difference between saving and investing. So I'll and so I'll say, well, is there a difference between saving and investing? Because they think and because Wall Street has you brainwashed to when you're funding a 401k, you're saving for retirement in a 401k that's not saving okay saving has no possibility of loss it's you can it's liquid Mm. you can use it you have control so that's saving all right and so there's liquid places that we teach people to store that and uh we we, so we have people tactically i tell if you have a job i want 15 percent of your gross income And we're going to set up a wealth coordination account. So here's something y'all can do. So just try 10 if you can't do 15, but 15% off the top that you set up an automatic draft or you, if you're in business and you get money, every check that comes into our business account, I sweep 15% into a wealth capture account that we call a wealth coordination account in in our system. And so you have to start with that. And your first goal is 90 days of your income okay, is your emergency. I want six to 12 months of liquidity. And so, but the first 90 days is your emergency fund. And everything over that is your opportunity fund. And then now you're ready to buy or build cash flowing assets. And so I'm not talking about, you know, putting a couple hundred dollars a month. You understand, because one of the things people talk about investing, one of the things that we share, George, is that Investing is not about buying something. It's about becoming something, right? You have to become a good real estate investor. If you want to do paper assets, cryptos, whatever, you've got to know about that. You can't just buy it because you heard it's going up. That's not, that's gambling. That's not, you get, You may make some money, but you just got lucky. You have mm-hmm. no idea what you're doing. And, uh, you know, your, or your private lending, you know, there's, there's rules to this. So when you hear something, that you like, you have to go deeper. Okay, I like this. I resonate with this. I'm going to know this because if you're investing, you can control the outcome you're generating. You're buying assets. What is an asset? Something that puts money in your pocket. Right. But you have to have capital. The number one problem, George, that we see is lack of capital on the individual level. And so if you don't have money, then you buy what the masses buy. Right, and so if you have capital, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars, and if you don't have that, then you, well, your first asset, uh, I'm borrowing this from Laurel landmark. You need a cash machine. You need some side hustle so you can make some money. You can learn how to sell something. You gotta learn how to make some money so that you can save to build up your capital, and then you go look for other stuff to to you know employ deploy your capital. Everybody wants to jump to investing, in my opinion, too soon. And so we we walk people through like principles. We call it I do something called principles based planning. And so there's principles, there's strategy, and then there's tactics, right? Tactics are might be products that you buy, but everybody wants to jump to tactics. So few have a strategy. Even most people in the financial world, they have they have, they have uh, tactics. They're they're selling products. Some of them have a strategy, but few operate or teach principles. Because principles don't matter. It doesn't matter about the products. It's about when money hits your personal economy, what is your philosophy? What is your your principles for dealing with markets move up, markets move down, markets move sideways? Well, if you don't have a plan that works, no matter what, you know, based on principles, you're going to you can't just have a plan that works when the sun is shining. You know, when markets are up and uh, a lot of people don't know how to deal with that. And, And so if you begin to learn how money works that's defense you know defense wins championships you got to learn to play defense <laughs> yeah so spoken mm-hmm. from an old basketball player right so the um so George, slow me down cuz you know i can talk no
0: i, no, I, 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 can I, talk. No, I think this is this the this is great. As, as you're explaining that, uh, it, it really resonates with me, the idea that it's really important that we have financial principles, just just like we have our, our, our core values and our values as a family that, that inform how we make decisions about things. Well, I need to have uh, principles about about money so that when I do, when I am able to actually start saving and then start having conversations or thoughts about where do I actually deploy this, that 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 I have a roadmap or a plan,
1: yeah, plan because there's an order to it, right? And so when we talk about the pr- the first principle and because w- so there's two schools of thought, let me throw this out here that that when it comes to money, there's the what we call the velocity, not the velocity. well, the velocity method, but the first thing I would say that is the the accumulation theory, okay? Which is what most typical financial advice that you see on TV is based upon accumulation. And so, when you hear stuff like buy and hold, dollar cost average, get out of debt, you know, overpay your mortgage, por- uh, portfolio rebalancing, tax-free retirement, all that stuff is based, on, you know, the S and P 500. All of that, and I know I'm probably stepping some toes, but all of that is based on the, the fact that you can save your way or accumulate your way to wealth. And so, but the challenge with that is we live in a world of flexible currency. So, you've got the Fed, you know, and inflation destroying our purchasing power. So, this number you think that you need, you know, 10, 20 years in the future, well, your dollars don't buy the same amount of goods, right? And then you've got a fluctuating market. So, people will say things like, well, I'm, I want the market I've averaged, uh, of averaged X amount. I had a person on my guess. I just didn't, didn't hard to, I didn't have a heart to like, to, to, I don't like to like disagree with guests. And uh, he was like, yeah, I just uh, he was talking about some stock market strategy where I'm averaging 12 to 15 percent return. I was like, well, you know, I like compound interest. Well, mutual funds don't earn compound interest. Okay, they appreciate and they depreciate. Right. You know, it's a lot of people, a lot of people that sell them don't understand that. And so they're worth whatever the net asset value of whatever the share price is that day. And, you know, if it's up, great, but if it's down, but how does that, or investing for capital gains, generate financial freedom, which is passive income or asset-based income that you don't have to work for and you cannot live. So if you kind of lay out, hey, here's where I'm trying to go, that tells you what you should be investing in, what you're, you know what I mean? Because you, if you're just buying stuff, chasing squirrels, trying to chase returns, that is a recipe for disaster. And so you've got to have principles. So we teach people to save. We teach people to, we, the second principle we teach is maximum protection. So you have to look at all your stuff, your auto, your home. Do you have a disability insurance? Do you have adequate life insurance? Do you have a will? Do you have an estate? So we walk people through all that stuff, you know, and you, we want to make sure that you leave a legacy when you pass away. That's principle three, which is 100% replacement of assets at death. The fourth principle is liquidity. See, everybody wants to skip that, but mm-hmm. you have to, you know, because so because of um, as we record this, we're still on the tail, hopefully on the tail end of Corona. But that liquidity uh because uh, it's, it's not about making money. It's about peace of mind and having access to money in case things go sideways or if things go well. And and you were people who haven't prepared. Now you've got capital where you can buy assets you know, 40, 50 cents on a dollar. There's a sale on for you. Right. And then the fifth principle is velocity. So, velocity is just a, of money is an economic, a great book on this is um, Rich Dad's book, The, the, uh, what is it called? Who Took My Money. And he talks about the power investing formula and the velocity formula. And uh, uh, later I'll, I'll have a report. I'll, I'll let people, you know, we, we, we go inside, we did a little report on it. But velocity is just, Keeping money moving. You have to move money. It's not even about rates of return. It's about speed of money moving. You putting money out into something. You, If you are at Shark Tank, Mr. Warrenfall always wants to know, oh, if I put half a million dollars in your, in your company, he always wants to know, well, how soon can I get my money back? Right. Right. And now that he gets his money back, that means his risk in the deal is zero. Right, and then but it's still throwing off cash flow. So now he has an asset. He gets that money. He moves into something else. That's velocity. That's how institutions make money. That's how Buffett makes money. And so what the main thing that we teach is stop doing what they tell you to do, meaning the institutions in Wall Street, and do what they do because success leaves clues and it's out there. You're just not looking. You know, you're not listening. You're not reading the right stuff. It's right there, hiding in plain sight. But you're it's you have a a certain methodology so you miss it, you think it's complicated and, and and it's not. And so we teach people in velocity, you focus on building cash flow. So we focus on people every quarter did you grow your uh, investment income or have you grown your business? And so that was gets measured gets done because I think net worth or growth of assets is really an illusion. and you should accumulation is good, but there's too many moving parts inflation, government regulation. You know, if you see what's going on with the country, uh, uh, you know, trying to pay off debt. What is good debt and bad debt? You know, so you have to be able to evaluate that. So because I'll, I'll, I was on Clubhouse, people always talk, oh, we need financial literacy. But they're talking about investing. Financial literacy is accounting. Hmm. OK, it's the ability to read numbers and numbers tell a story. So if you're looking at investment, can you read the financial statements? You know, and uh, if can you are you doing your own financial statements? One of the things that we find most people most wealth is lost by how people manage cash flow so most advisors find that tedious listen that's where the game to me is won and lost when money hits your account are you asking where it went or telling it where to go
0: Hmm. i love it i think that that is all spot on and you know to your point all too often people are talking about we need financial literacy but there's Talking about the wrong stuff. So yeah, I appreciate it.
1: I find that that's you know that's been a, a big. I've been hearing that when he's t- like, what do y'all mean say financial literacy? Because I don't think you're you're talking about know, reading the stock market is not financial charts. is not financial literacy. <laughs> no, it is <laughs> <So> not. <laughs> Learning how to trade is not financial lit. That's a Trading is a stat. Uh, is a tactic.
0: That's right. Love it so. Well, Kurt, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: So I would say. I want to go back to that point is that do you manage cash flow and um, one of the things that we that because you got to pay your you know you have to save but before you can save if you can't if you're not saving it now then you have to look at your money so there's there's one of the things I would have you do is create so here's a very tactical thing so we have people create three accounts so in money four accounts if money comes into your account you have an income account I do it a little bit differently for businesses but I'm just going to do it for the personal, when you it's your personal account, then you should have three accounts. You should have an account for bills like that, Your what I call static or your fixed bills that are the same. You should have an account, a wealth capture account where you pay yourself, you take 15% or more, and you move it into that, like from the door, from the get-go, and then – you look at your variable account, which is the stuff that you spend money on, you know, gas and shopping and this and that. And then if you start to separate those, you'll see that you'll have certain, you know, you have rent or mortgage, you know, uh, utilities and stuff, and you, debt you've had, because debt is stuff you bought in the, in the past that you're still paying for. That's part of your fixed bills. You, you're, you basically spent money you didn't have, but that's right. That lets you know where you're at. And then you say, well, all right, I've had people that were uh, this guy was making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year he hadn't saved anything like where's your money going so I had took him through a cash flow analysis and I'm finding $2500 a month of unallocated spending mm-hmm. and I said listen just tell your money where to go just hit up these three accounts and he started doing that and all of a sudden it's like oh okay I have this money and then I just create an account you can use a debit card or you can use a credit card if you're disciplined with a limit and say, All right, I'm willing to save, you know, uh, spend $200 a week. Pick, pick it down to a weekly number on gas, on this and that. And then you use that amount of money. And then when that is over, yeah, I don't care if it's Thursday and you replenish your account Saturday, then it's ramen noodles till Saturday. Yeah, I don't care if you have 10 grand in the other accounts. You have to, you know, you have to have a, a little bit of discipline and you got to move it out of. You can't just leave it all in one account. You got to move it out so that that, you know, it's gone and you begin to focus on, you know, all right. All right. This count is low and it does something to make you want to go out and do something else to, uh, you know, generate new money if you're in business. And but you've got to keep it. Part of all you earn is yours to keep. That's from the richest man in Babylon. And that's got to become a mantra. But you do have to get you create what we call intentional uh, cash flow management. And that's one of the things that we we help people with. We call that taking the mystery out of money and uh, getting. And then now, once we've got you doing that, now you can do all the other five principles. But the first one is get control of your cash flow. Tell your money where to go. Because if you're budgeting, that's like that's scarcity. And you're looking at the rear. That's like driving, looking out the rearview mirror. You want to look forward. So you want to forecast and like when money comes in. You want to direct it. You want to have a plan for it. Soon it hits your
0: account and that right there that will change your life well I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it come on come on and I totally agree I think that if people who are listening if they they do what you just described I think that that is life changing so it's good stuff well Curtis thank you so much for coming on where can people learn more about you and how can people engage with you Well, so
1: I'm uh, one, you can you can learn more about the crazes as Curtis on on the Practical Wealth Show (laughs) and uh, where we talk about, you know, how to create wealth without Wall Street and, you know, more of this. Um, I have a YouTube channel where we're, you know, we we put out a lot of uh, uh, a couple of times a week. We'll do live videos and we'll just record different lessons that we're talking about. Uh, Instagram. Which don't ask me the handle <laughs> and uh, LinkedIn. So I'm on all of that stuff, you know, and uh, um, you know, and they could also, if they, if, if anything I said intrigues, and they could always go to our, our site, PracticalWealthAdvisors.com, And uh, um, we have a little video that kind of highlights our, our, our process. And you can, you know, feel free to, you know, schedule a complimentary. Uh, that's a bit much, but if y'all feel really inspired, you can go there and, and schedule it a, 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 like a, 30-minute strategy session we can talk about wherever you want to talk about Love it. Sale. perfect oh and one more thing Yep. i have a uh, uh uh so all this crazy stuff i've been talking about if you want to report I report called building wealth using the velocity of money so you can kind of separate yourself from the accumulation theory and if you can text p wealth p w e a l t h to uh uh, one eight three three, four two two zero two five zero, and then we'll we'll uh, get that report out to you, and I think you'll enjoy
0: it. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Curt your Curtis your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find Curtis on YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn. Check out the Practical Wealth Show podcast. Go to practicalwealthadvisors.com and schedule a little bit of time with them. And also text P Wealth to 251 to get that report.
1: Uh five zero five
0: zero. 1 833 0250. Correct. Excellent. Thanks again, Curtis.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.